This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Uncle Wally's Child Coffin Warehouse. No one likes to lose a child. Funerals are expensive, and mortuary services often take advantage of people's pocketbooks at their most vulnerable moment. So skip these expensive funeral homes and come on down to Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffin Warehouse. We have certified pre-owned infant, toddler, and prepubescent-sized coffins priced at less than half of what the other guys charge. You couldn't save your child, but you can save your money. Come see us at Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffins in the Funeral District on 3rd. Mention this ad when you buy a coffin and get a 10% off coupon for your next child coffin purchase. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm... So, <laughs> Uncle Wally's Child Coffin Warehouse. Man, they are just they, what a screaming deal. I know. Like, and I and I mean the the one question I have is like, how, they're certified pre-used. Yeah. So where? I mean, are they just dumping the kids out? It's best not to answer, ask these questions, and it's definitely best not to answer. I them. mean, it's worth the price, though. I mean. You know, you got to take what you can get. Absolutely. For a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. We've got a great show today in preparation for the upcoming remake. We'll be talking about the original 1989 Pet Cemetery. It's spelled wrong. <laughs> oh boy, I'm excited. This is this is one of my long time like this is one of my formative movies. So, pretty yeah. excited about this. Yeah, so uh, if you don't know how Horror Movie Talk episodes work, we'll give a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, uh, enough to make you angry at the film, 5 being completely average that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score... We'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the movie. And then later on, we'll have game time. Oh, boy. We'll what games doing, are we playing, Bryce? We'll be doing our round, our latest round of Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh, that's my favorite game. Hey, um, you know what I was thinking as you were reading the intro and, uh, and you were calling me a cool guy who's always cool? I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice... If, the f- if you were actually cool? Well, that, first of all, obviously. It'd be nice to be the thing that I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the fans should think up uh, something for me to be. Uh, a thing that is always thing. So all of the all of, all of of the suggestions, just go ahead and shoot those in there to us. Wow. I mean, your brother listens to this, so... Yeah, it could it could really go south on us. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'm counting on it. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the review, let's uh, cover some in-house business. Um, you can go to our website at horrormovietalk.com, and there you'll find links to all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, 
we even have a subreddit you can go look at past episodes on and comment we post new episodes every wednesday and we'd love if you would subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform itunes especially you can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website that website again is horrormovietalk.com also sponsor i guess technically sponsor right yeah Shudder um, has a special offer for listeners of Horror Movie Talk. Uh, if you use the code HMT at checkout, you get a 30-day free trial to Shudder, which is basically the Netflix of horror. It's a streaming service for horror movies and TV shows. Um, they've got lots of exclusives, um, even some really nice original content. And uh, check that out. You can get it for free for 30 days if you use HMT. Thanks again for listening. Listening. I always say listening. What is my? I don't know. Like whenever I hear my own voice, I've been uh, I've been keying in. Develop palsy. Yeah, I've been keying in on on weird speech uh, patterns w- w- patterns that I believe to be weird that are in reality normal. So uh-huh. like when people say I-, I won a prize, that bothers me to no end. They say I won the championship, but it's won. I won it. Mm-hmm. But they say, want it? It bothers me. Yeah. Those kinds of things, when they're like, mayonnaise. Okay. I, I see how fancy you are pronouncing the Y. It's called mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Y or O in the in the word. Right. <laughs> say mayonnaise, damn it. Um, I've been listening to like some podcasts or just stories featuring um, Mormon families in true crime stories oh dear god and there's like i'm pretty keyed in on the utah accent mm. it's very i can't imitate it you can't but imitate I, I can it. i can key in on it do you fall into it no and you you are never i can't i can't really do it my wife could probably do it i fall into but it's ac- very earnest it it's- sounds very like over pronounced um so, anyways, whatever. for me, I, that's a real detriment to me because I look like a fraud all the time because I'll fall into whatever is being said to me. <laughs> so if you have a heavy southern accent, like I can go there real quick <laughs> and it sound and it sounds disingenuous and, and like I'm a shithead. But it's just me, I guess, trying to relate or something like that. I And I don't do it on, on purpose. With that being said. So when you're around black people, you're like, hey, what's up, man? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess. I guess that does happen a lot. (laughs) All right. So we rewatched the 1989 Pet Cemetery this week, and it still holds up really well, especially if you're a parent. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. And I say rewatch. You rewatched it. I thought I had seen this movie, and I realized as I was watching it, that I had not seen this movie. <laughs> That's fair. And, uh, yeah, we'll go into that in a minute. Anyways, here's the trailer for Pet Cemetery, the original one. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judd? I have no reasons. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the Pet Cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lois, was a secret. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts. That's not photo. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. Pet Cemetery. Um, as of we we watched it on uh, Amazon Prime. It was free to stream, but as of the release of this episode, I don't think it will be yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's being pulled from free on Prime. But uh, Google it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's free or really really cheap. The the re- week of release for the remake. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. No, actually, that's that's probably accurate. Especially like Google Play, and I think iTunes um, really capitalize on that a lot because they they have the most to gain. Right. Right. <laughs> because they're trying to compete with Amazon. Yeah. Pet Cemetery is not really about a pet cemetery, but is really about what lies beyond the pet cemetery. The movie, directed by Mary Lambert and written by Stephen King, is based on his novel of the same name. It tells the story of the young Creed family, whose head of household, Louis Creed, is a doctor moving to a small town of Ludlow, Maine, with his wife, Rachel, played by Denise Crosby, and his two children, Ellie and Gage. Immediately, they they meet the kindly old man, Judd Crandall, played by Fred Gwynn, who introduces them to the features of the property. Mainly, a busy road filled exclusively with speeding (laughs) 18-wheelers and a spooky forest where people bury their dead pets that were killed by those same 18-wheelers. Really really picked quite a spot there, Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good good house. The crux of the plot, however, relies on what lay beyond yonder pet cemetery, the only horror trope more predictable than a Stephen King story set in Maine. That's right, an Indian burial ground. Dun, dun, dun! And as with every movie about an Indian burial ground, the moral to the story is don't mess with an Indian burial ground. Haven't you done enough, you white <laughs> supremacist asshole? <laughs> um, great name for the Indians, too. Micmac. Micmac. Micmac Indian burial ground. Yeah, that just rolls right off the lips. Mm-hmm. It's like shilly-shally. <laughs> Which we'll get into. After the loss of a family cat, Church, Judd takes Lewis to the Indian burial ground, which has the unique feature where whatever is buried there will come back to life. Well, spoilers. I think you pretty much get that idea. While the feline resurrection saves Ellie the grief of losing her favorite cat, the knowledge of a power to restore life is a Pandora's box that only results in misery for the Creed family. Pet Cemetery deals really well with the concepts of loss and the folly of trying to cheat death, and it's surprising how much is packed into this movie and how well it still delivers. It deals with the loss of a pet and teaching about the afterlife to your children deals with protecting your children from physical and psychological trauma um deals with resentment of caring for people on their deathbed um 
also with the grief of losing a loved one and the desire to get them back at any cost. And it does all of these really well. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's also kind of um, uh, in, uh, stand out because it's the start, as far as far as I remember, unless Cujo was before. Cujo was before, I think. But this is the first of the 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 Stephen King movies that feels like kind of like it could be a made for TV movie a little bit if you it like especially at the start the way it starts doesn't feel like a normal blockbuster movie it feels kind of like toned down it has a, it the tone of this movie especially at the beginning feels like Tommy knockers, I guess. Well, it's it's really interesting that um, this was the screen screenplay was written by Stephen King himself, right? And so it feels very much like a novel, and that there's like asides, there's little vignettes, and and uh, different areas that are explored, and you can really tell that uh, King was including as much as he could from the novel. Um, to like touch on all the different areas that he wanted to touch thematically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it it works, works really well. I mean, a lot of the themes are pretty, pretty deep and like core to (laughs) dread and, and horror. Um, feeling, feeling it like you don't have control, really feeling right. Like Jesus has the wheel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it does it it does it with a premise that that feels like it could be really really corny and bad. Yeah. And it actually like explores it really well. That's one with, of the with that premise. That's one of the interesting things about this movie to me is cuz <clears throat> I think I think Stephen King and I think St- I think Tommy Knockers, I think Dream Catcher, I think all these movies that don't make sense, it, like all these movies that are like, they're kind of staples, they're definitely staples, but they're also like fucking weird and just <laughs> don't make sense. And they're like from a coke addled brain. And this movie is not that. It is a well put together, solid yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, I will say the acting is not particularly good. No. Um, especially from the lead, Lewis, the guy that plays Lewis. How, What's his name? How dare you? My wife would have your head. Dale Midkiff. Oh, yeah. Dale Midriff. Midriff. <laughs> ba- Dale Midkiff, which uh, I, <laughs> I wrote down in my notes. It, it sounds like he graduated from... The Keanu Reeves School of Acting. Ugh. Just very. <laughs> he's he plays Elvis in Elvis and Me, and he's in uh, and according to my my wife, he's in lots of Lifetime movies yeah. and and Hallmark movies. So, close your eyes and tell me whether this sounds like Keanu Reeves. Yep, that's church, all right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yep, it's just like the the that's delivery of yep. That's Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, all right. Um, anyways, the acting isn't particularly good, um, but the writing makes up for it. The dialogue can have weird asides like those found in Stephen King's novels, but they're done tastefully and they add to the tone of the film. There's a lot of kind of poetic, you know, 
just weird quotations that they use that you wouldn't normally use in normal conversation, but it works because it's establishing the tone. The script also does a really good job of laying out the plot very logically and creating moments of escalation in ways that aren't always predictable. You know, it's kind of a stepwise motion for lifting up the consequences and the the decisions, Yeah, you know, throughout. The film is has equal parts of dread, jump scares, and gore, all which all of which are very effective. Um, I thought the special effects were really good, save for one, <laughs> which was the fight with the gauge doll at the end. <laughs> I like it when he jumps at him. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, I, I really like this this movie. It holds up really well. I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I um. This one's a hard one for me to pin down because it is a, you know... It's like a formative... Yeah, it's a formative kind of movie. And I do recognize that it is not... Um, just there there are certain stumbling blocks in this movie, like the acting, uh, like the delivery, some of the delivery. Some of the delivery is like is so good that it really can't, it shouldn't be replicated. John Lithgow should not be touching that yeah. role, even though he is legendary, you know? Yeah. Fred Gwynn is great in the movie. I mean, it, it's a little, sometimes it's a little much on the main accent, but overall, I mean, he's probably the best part. The main of the accent, movie. by the way, the, the, the woman, the, 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 um, the laundry lady. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. man. The main accent. Yeah. I like, I didn't like last night I was watching this. I was like, the main is this um is that i know it's an accent does maine have an accent and uh and yeah that kind of that was jarring but i mean everything about fred gwynn you you really can't you can't replicate and shouldn't go near it because he's he's just kind of the the greatest all time for this role so but i i would to, to pin it down i'd say yeah i i give it a high seven probably even though I, I do love it very much. Yeah, I think the only thing keeping it from being an eight was, like, the acting. There was a, moments of really good emotion in it where you really, you're like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, I really believe that the terror that they're feeling. Um, but it doesn't necessarily earn it <laughs> other than in that moment. Yeah, you know, it's kind of this movie. This movie is interesting. That's that's what this movie is to yeah. me. It is an interesting movie be- for a lot of different reasons, not just thematically and not just like entertainment wise. It's interesting because it's a Stephen King movie that isn't a wreck. Uh, it's it's a movie written by Stephen King that isn't a wreck, I should say. Yeah, and it's from the late eighties, early nineties. And it still holds up in the scares and in a lot and in, in, in peaking my interest throughout. Like I'm I'm there with it. And yeah. normally I in, in that time frame, my attention can wander. So, uh, yeah, in that regard, Pet Cemetery is is a interesting and, and noteworthy movie that should be watched. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. So the beginning of the film does a really 
great job of foreshadowing. I mean, it's very succinct. Iconic. You, you got a scary road. You got a cat kid situation. Um and a pet cemetery. And no fence. Yeah, no fence. <laughs> so, the other moral to the story is, put up one of those slow children playing signs, you know. It doesn't, doesn't have to be the county or something that puts it up. You can just put up one yourself. There's slow kids playing here. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, put up, put, put up a fence. Just put up a little fence. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it's just got to be a, a road. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to, like, keep everything in. It's just got to be a roadblock to the kid. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so it starts out and it basically sets up the premise of the, the movie and the setting, um, with Judd and, you know, telling him about the pet cemetery and stuff. And then suddenly brains. Boom. Bingo. <laughs> just, just right from the home to brain trauma. And, uh, Dr. Com- that's a compound fracture on that brain trauma. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Creed is, uh, at the university and they bring him in this trauma victim, uh, named Pascal. And, uh, he actually, he acts real weird. He sure does. And he like grabs Lewis by the shirt and starts telling him. Well, he should be dead. Yeah. He should be dead. Yeah. He, and and then he's, but he's not. Yeah. How'd that happen? Mm, No. So. A man's heart is stony. Lewis. The soil of a man's heart is toe near? Stonier. Oh, stonier. Yeah, so I watched it with the subtitles on, so I know what it actually said. Um, that. That, like, really, like, jumps into, okay, supernatural now. Yeah. Because before then, it's all just based on the reality of, like, yep, new home, got a scary road, pets die, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, creepy demon voice from man with brain falling out. Yeah. And uh, and then it just, it just goes from there. And so Pascal, he haunts... Uh, he haunts Lewis from then on, and pretty soon after that, he um, leads Lewis. You think it might be a dream, but it's actually reality. He leads him to the pet cemetery, yeah, and tells him very specifically, "Don't go beyond that point. The ground's bad. See all those sticks over there? Yeah. See all that, all that crap. Whatever you do, don't climb over that. Don't try and climb over all that crap that you would never think of climbing over. Mm-hmm. And now I've planted in your brain this crazy idea of climbing over all those crappy sticks. The whole time like he's still, his ghost has you know, brain falling out and stuff. Yeah. Which I'd hope in, if there is an afterlife, we do like get repaired. It's not as scary if we do get repaired. Yeah. But, yeah. Poor guy. Have his brain fall out for all of eternity. You know, I'd like to say that this, that just the, so all the look, all the shooting, all the filming, all everything in this movie takes place in Maine. And wow, what a beautiful place. Yeah. Just gorgeous. It actually reminds me a lot of the Pacific it, Northwest. I, it, that's why I went and looked up where, that, where it was shot. Cause I was like, oh, this has got to be Washington. Mm-hmm. This just has to be. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Stephen King insisted, um, I don't know if he's a producer on this but he apparently had a lot of power on this film because he 
basically insisted that it had to be shot in Maine on location and there couldn't be like any changes to the script. Wow. And since it was in Maine, um, he lives in Bangor, Maine and just really close. So he was on set all the time Yeah, for the movie. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he's all about keeping it, you know, keep boosting the economy and trying to help out. And- yeah. But also, I mean, it's true to the setting of the story and it's based on like his life. I mean, his, his, uh, he based it on the experience of one losing a family cat and by getting hit in the road. And he also had a child that he like prevented from getting hit in a road. Oh, like, well, so did I. And uh, <laughs> all the time when she goes darting for the road, <laughs> right. and I'm like, hey, f-, and then I trip her. <laughs> right. Um, and I think it's like a lot like the scene with Gage, except, you know, he saves his daughter instead of. I was going to say, damn, are we going for some Eric Clapton stuff right now? <laughs> and also, like, basically the property that he lived on was that, like this property. It had the busy road, and then there's a pathway to literally a pet cemetery. With the wrong spelling. Like, that's what he based it off of. Oh. So, and Stephen King is on record saying that Pet Cemetery is, his, to him, his scariest book. Really? <clears throat> Which makes sense, because it deals with such a personal thing. And I can't think of anything more scary in terms of subject material than losing a no. child. Yeah, it's it's scary because it's so plausible. <laughs> Because yeah. yeah. you have kids, and you know they're basically trying to die all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I drink this? No! Please don't. I have that written down as a talking point. Kids have a death wish in general. <laughs> yeah. Like this... I mean, for me, particularly, this movie resonated with me because I've got a daughter around the same age as Ellie, and I've got a son around the same age as Gage. Yeah. And Gage and and Colin look pretty similar. I mean, yeah, little blonde kids. I mean, the only difference is is Colin is like an absolute unit. Yeah, like, absolutely. I think I think if a semi truck hit Colin, he'd probably be okay. Semi truck would not be all right. <laughs> yeah, that kid is. He's a tank. Uh, Every yeah. time I see him, I'm like, God. Damn, that is a sturdy man. <laughs> like, I don't even think of him as a baby. But in terms of, like, as a little toddler, like, just the way he's running around and, and acting in the movie is like, oh, man, that's totally like my son. Yeah. Just barely starting to, like, understand words at all, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, when the scene... Spoilers. We're in spoilers. Well, I mean, the scene know, when, when... The, the like, audience had 30 years, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> when Gage gets hit by that truck and the reaction is just horror and just screaming in agony, oh. I'm like, yeah, that... I really felt it. Yeah. I, I was like, oh. There's a few movies that do the, the child... Losing a child thing really well. Hereditary is one of yeah. them. And this is another one. I, I'm sure there are others, but I mean, the reason it works is because you can Im- you immediately can go there. Yeah. Uh, if you have kids and and even if you don't, I mean, it's very easy to put yourself into that. Yeah, because like like we said, like kids have a death wish. You run through this scenario all the time in your head. Just like 
you can't look at them all the time. And when you don't look at them, it only takes them seconds to harm themselves. It's astonishing. <laughs> it's it really I mean, uh, there's nothing more to say about it other than, yeah, kids just want to they want to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Badly. So Pascal really is acting as a good angel. He's he's showing Lewis like, don't do this. It's bad. Yeah. It's not good. And as a contrast, Judd um is, you know, the friendly neighbor guy. Oh man. You know, his brains aren't falling out. He's not scary to look at. But He's kind of acting as the bad angel. Yeah. And he's he's pushing Lewis to use the burial ground when the when the cat dies. So I didn't really think about it that way. That um which is interesting because it's so obvious, you know? Yeah. But uh but all I think about when I see what's his what's his name uh Judd. Yeah. I uh I go, "Man, I wish I had a neighbor who just invited me over and offered me a, bu- yeah. a beer." <laughs> Yeah, and want to sit down on the front porch and smoke and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, Judd is Judd is like a great neighbor. Let's oh. not get him. And he's not he's not really like trying. He doesn't have a malicious yeah, intent. There's no he's really will. he's really trying to help him. But in terms of like getting Lewis in a bad spot, he is the direct cause of it. Yeah, absolutely. He basically took his hand and said, "Come here, let's do this. I thing. will lead you down an incredible journey of." Horrible, the undead. Horrible, horrible thing. Um, and then, of course, Judd, you know, tries to convince him not to, uh, you know, resurrect his son. Yeah. Which is, tells him as a bad idea because... Well, sometimes, that is better. He can't... He, he, I, and I've heard, I've heard John Lithgow's, you know, uh, re, redo of that. Well, yeah, John Lithgow, I don't think he's do, trying to do a main accent at all. Not only is he not trying to do a main accent, he's not a ultra baritone. He's he's not bad. I mean, I think it's good casting. Sometimes I don't think it's dead is better. But in terms of like casting against um Fred Gwynn, I mean Fred Gwynn is a presence. Like right. his his head is like probably the size of my like chest cavity. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's uh, you know he was he played Frankenstein for years as Herman Munster yeah. you know so he's a large he's got man that giant mouth yeah just and his teeth are appropriately messed up you know there's mm-hmm. no effort was gone into making his mouth pretty yeah and so it's <laughs> everything about him is country. Yeah, you know, and there, there, there's a strong element in this movie of that, like good old boy, kind of like yeah. this is this is country, this is this is a rural place, and we're hospitable folk, but we're also hard. Yeah, um, there's several things that tie this movie to the expanded Stephen King universe. Mm. Yeah, MCU. So for yeah, this, so the, the KCU S K U. Stephen King universe. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Skew. Anyways, they... <laughs> so there's a couple, like, uh, little Easter eggs. There's a poster that... And I think um, in the novel, they talk about a a dog that goes crazy, and referring to Cujo. Oh. I think in the, in the movie, they pass a sign for Salem's Lot. Oh. Um, and 
all of the family seems to have the shining like the entire family of the creed family because judd can see the dead yeah. and like ellie like keeps having premonitions and also sees uh Coscow. yeah um and i think that's like just part of the thing is that yeah the, that, their whole family can basically shine <laughs> damn know? dude um I, this is really interesting. I never knew any of that stuff. I just I, like I just note notable things for me are like, boy, Lewis is the worst raker ever. He's bad at <laughs> raking up leaves. I didn't even notice that. He's like he's standing in the middle of his yard with a rake and there's leaves all around him. And he's just like, I mean, it's it's like watching an actor who's never had to do a thing, do a thing. And he's just like, like flopping it on the ground kind of. And then like. He doesn't rake anything, and he and then he's like done with raking, and there's still leaves everywhere, and it really bothered me a lot. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, it ties ties really well into the Stephen King universe because I think the whole family can shine. Also, there's uh, this Salem's Lot thing going on over here, and I'm like, guy can't rake. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the the mother played by. Denise Crosby, which I recognize from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she she left Star Trek The Next Generation um, like the year before this movie. Um, she didn't... She wasn't a main character or anything like that. She was. I mean, she was basically... She was Worf's position before Worf. Oh, yeah. And I know Will Wheatley said on record he's like yeah the first season with Worf they didn't really ever do anything with him but eventually you know he got fleshed out he got fleshed out and he said basically Denise Crosby just kind of got fed up with having nothing to do so she quit <laughs> and uh, worst er, mistake ever yeah and they killed her off in, in one of the episodes with the, the black oil monster oh yeah it was very sudden but she came back. She she came back in like flashbacks and came back as her as her daughter. So she's she still worked on the show, but not as a main cast member. She's no wharf, I'll tell you that. Yeah. In this movie, she plays Rachel, and uh, Rachel is kind of a kind don't, of kind of a bitch. Don't mince your words here. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I wrote down a different word, but. <laughs> Yeah, boy, man, she uh, she's not uh, grating. Yeah, grating. So this is when Judd is taking him and showing him the pet cemetery, and this is her reaction to a nice neighbor that was showing him an interesting thing about their property. Basically, a feature of their property. Yeah, there's something good coming of it. This place couldn't plant nothing but corpses here anyway. I guess. How can you call it a good thing? A graveyard for pets killed in the road. Built by broken-hearted children. Well, they have to learn about death somehow, now don't they, Ms. Creed? Why? <laughs> Why? Why? It's an accident! <laughs> uh, I... Did I do something to offend you, or... Yeah. To make you mad? I'm, I'm just welcoming, welcoming you to the neighborhood. Why? Why do they have to learn about death? Because it's perhaps the most important thing that a, sh a child should learn about. <laughs> because they're constantly trying to die. 
And then later, they're talking as a family at the breakfast table, and uh, they're talking about neutering Church, the cat. And Ellie is, like, worried that something's going to go wrong in the surgery. And uh, this is uh, her reaction to Lewis, you know, being a doctor and saying, most likely everything will go fine. Anyways. Church will be all right, honey. You promise, Daddy? Don't shilly-shally, Lewis. Give the little girl a promise. Church will be fine. I promise. <laughs> oh. Don't shilly-shally, Lewis. Shut up, woman! Don't shilly-shally, Lewis. Give the little girl a promise. It's like, yeah, but... Well, how about you just stay out of it? Yeah, but... There, there's a chance that something could go wrong. Sure, yeah. Like he's a doctor. It, him of all people is going to be like, yeah. I mean, there might be something going to happen, but, you know. I mean, but his nuts will definitely be gone. <laughs> Either way. Um, so the premise behind having him neutered is um, Judd is like, you should get that cat neutered. You should tutor up that cat because. A neutered Cats that cat, are neutered don't wander they as don't, much. They don't wander. But, yeah, they do. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but also, yeah, there's I mean, just a road a couple feet away from your house. Yeah, and that's not. it's not like they're tied to your house once they don't have nuts. Yeah. Was the implication on that to, like, neuter his child? Should, should he have neutered his child and then his kid wouldn't have no. walked into the... I don't okay. think so. I don't think so. I don't have boys, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just deal with girls all day. No, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, a bad idea that, you know, if you have a cat that's an outdoor cat, it's just an outdoor cat. Yeah. It's going to wander around. And it and it better know its way around the street. Yeah. Or else it's going to get bit. I've had several cats that have died by getting hit by cars. But. It sucks. No, it doesn't. It does. Oh. Um, okay, so Cat dies, and Judd takes him to Indian Burial Ground, and of course the cat comes back. And the cat is scary. Like, that does hold up in terms of, like, the jump scares with the cat. I thought so. Did oh, you think so? Yes, absolutely. This is... Church hissing with his eyes glinting mm -hmm. in the dark is forever burned into my brain. That is one of the most iconic horror shots of maybe of all time. And uh, and in the 90s, it was used in a commercial. I can't remember exactly what the commercial was, but they played it over and over again. And I was little, you know, I was like seven or eight. And and it it very much it, like to this day that's one that's one of these shots that is just going to live on for forever yeah. really. So like the, yeah, the jump scare when Church appears again is great, and then also the part where Church scratches him is like really effective too to me. Yeah, because. <laughs> For a number of reasons, because yeah. that's a, exactly what a cat would fucking do, <laughs> you bitch. Apparently, the cat, I thought it looked really weird to me, like it was weirdly, like, compact. 
Uh-huh. I don't know. I guess it's not that weird because they had like eight different cats playing church. Yeah, those those cats, I, they're a blue something, and and all of them look exactly the same. So yeah. it, making it the ideal cat for extras. Right. Because you got one of them, this one over here looks just like it. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, when you film with cats, you can't teach a cat to do more than one thing. And so they had to use like eight or nine different cats. And really... You're not really training the cat. You're just using the cats that have that natural proclivity. <laughs> proclivity. It's like, all right, we need to train a cat to scratch you. Let's just find a cat that scratches people. Just get an angry one. <laughs> or, you know, mess with his yeah. his tail a we need We need a cat to hiss at the camera. Touch let's, his tummy. Let's, let's find a really hissy cat. Are you going to touch his tummy? <laughs> that always makes him mad. Um, so, yeah, the... the Bringing the, the cat back to life is, you know, something ain't right about that cat. It's definitely undead. The the daughter's complaining about how it stinks. <laughs> yeah, she's like... Well, I, and also, like, we passed one of my favorite scenes in this movie, which is... Judd calls Lewis over to his front lawn. He's like, hey, Lewis, I got something you're going to want to see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got a... Uh, I think... Uh, is that your cat? And it's dead, and it's sitting there on on his grass, uh-huh. and right next to the road. And Lewis is like, "Sure is." You oh, played yeah. the clip, yeah. Yep, that's church, all right. He's yeah. very very emotional that's, about it. That's church, all right. And uh, and then after that, he peels church off the grass. Like the grass has the cat has been sitting there for. A week? Because <laughs> the grass is, like, intertwined with Well, they, they mentioned how it was frost, how, like, it frosted over. Oh. And so he, uh, Jed, Judd specifically said, like, no, the cat wasn't alive when you buried it. There's no, there's nothing alive that would peel off the, the ground like that. Right. Like it was frosted over. Yeah. Yeah, that's I love that scene because of the effort he has to go through to pick that cat up off the grass. It's yeah, like, it's like a velcro. <laughs> yeah, and so that that whole part of setting up the cat returning, it's pretty low stakes. Yeah, like, you got you got an undead cat, which really acts like a cat, anyways. <laughs> I mean, a crazy zombie cat. Is you know pretty close to an actual cat at right. times. Right. <laughs> what happens when you bury like fish in the pet cemetery? <laughs> what then? Does a goldfish like because it doesn't need air or uh, right. water anymore? It can. Yeah, it's a little confusing the rules with with the world because, um, they come back to life, but you can still kill them pretty easily. Yeah, and further, so. Things are dying all the time and getting buried in this pet cemetery. Well, it's not the pet cemetery; it's the Indian burial ground beyond it. Right, but the, but but things are being buried in the pet cemetery. Yes. Oh wait, I'm. Yeah. So what if? So what if like a cougar dies in the Indian burial ground? I think you have to be buried. Is the thing? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's rough. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like they're not that hard to kill after they're dead. Like, he kills them with, like, a sedative. Yeah. You're like like a drug. Go away, kitty. Yeah. Um, so, 
then the like the most harrowing scene happens after all this is set up of the rules of this Indian burial ground. Um, then, of course, Gage, the little toddler, the cutest little boy in the world. Man, what a cutie. Runs into the road and gets annihilated by a semi-truck. Yeah. Boy, man. Just brutal. Yeah. And just the reaction of of the family is feels really genuine. Like, yeah. I really believe that they just lost a little child. And then uh, they have a funeral for Gage. And the father-in-law is the biggest cock in the entire universe. He sure is. It's like, I told my daughter that you would only bring pain. And look what you've done. Look at you now. I'm like, wow. Does... I can't think of a better way to get murdered in plain sight yeah. than to confront someone who'd lost their child. Who'd lost their child at the child's funeral. Telling them that it's their fault. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That if my father in law did that to me, I would strangle him right there. Wow. Would he? No. Okay. Well, at of least course. there's no no risk of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, Judd you know, knows what Lewis is thinking. He says, nope, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't bury Gage in the... Don't do that thing. And of course he does. Because, yeah, I mean, so that asks a good question, right? That's a, that's a worthwhile question. If you lost your kid and you were in the depths of despair, because, you, you know, assuming you didn't kill yourself. Yeah. Uh how appealing would that be? How appealing would it be to be able to bring him back to life in any, at any level of, like, even knowing, even watching, okay, so you, okay, so you have a pet cemetery situation going on at your house. You have a trail that leads to an Indian burial ground not far away. You watch the movie, Mm -hmm. and then... You lose your child, and then you go, hmm, I know I just watched the movie about this thing that shows how bad this will end, but you might still do it. Here's, here's, yes. You would, and here's why. Um, number one, you look at how people react to family members on their deathbed and, like, end-of-life care. Mm-hmm. Like, people are vegetables, they're they're not there. They're never coming back, and they'll still put them on life support for eons, indefinitely. Yeah, because letting go is harder. Letting go is harder, and they still have some Attachment. of that person there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's just the body, and it's and that is compounded infinitely when it's a young, vibrant child, right? And then the other side of it is a child. That's a mindless zombie that only wants to kill is really not that different than a toddler in general. <laughs> that's I mean, touche. But he'll never I mean, grow really, into... Could you, could you tell? I, I don't think I could tell sometimes if if my child was trying to kill me because they're a zombie or if they're just trying to kill me because I didn't let them finish playing with the iPad. Yeah, the lack of restraint is uh, it's real. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I know I have... Oh, man. 
Oh man, the other day, so we had uh, we had a pair of scissors in the dishwasher, and uh, and you know the dishwasher, like the kitchen shears, or just a- yeah, I guess I can't recall. No, I think they were just like scissors, like sharp scissors, huh. and okay. um, be- because uh, whatever we cut something open and it had to be washed, and so the dishwasher was sitting open, and of course she grabs the scissors and she comes. Walking into the hallway down the, you know, from the kitchen, we're, we're looking down the hallway at her with this pair of scissors, and she's like, "Look, <laughs> she's got these scissors." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Both of us are like, "Ooh!" And so I'm, I'm like, Carrie's almost screaming, but I'm like, "Just stay calm, just stay calm." Was I, she I'm, wearing a red jumpsuit by any chance? No, no. And a brown glove on one hand. Nah, her name was that not Lapita. <laughs> Nyango. Uh so I w- I would just walk up very calmly, you know, staying real. Hey, how about you give me those? Okay, you know, because it was like she's going click 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 click, you know, she's got the scissors working action working that action out. I'm like, "Oh god. <laughs> Please don't kill yourself." Yeah. Uh, I don't know where the scissors are in my office cuz I'm I guarantee that my my 18 month old just grabbed him and walked away with him. <laughs> uh, kids, Great. kids are, uh, they're fun. They're fun. So <laughs> the best part of this movie is dead gauge. Yeah. He's, he's super Gabe. effective. Is it Gabe? Or gauge. G- gauge. Yeah. yeah. I wrote down Gabe for some reason. That's gauge. So gauge, um, seen a little kid, <laughs> like literally, with a scalpel carving up Fred Gwynn is, like, pretty horrifying. Yeah. It's really effective, because did Child's Play come out before this, or right after? I think before. I think Child's Play was 88. I mean, I think it was, like, for some reason, that was the heyday of really selling that image. Oh, yeah. Of a little tiny baby, or a little tiny... Something. Like, something killing you. Yeah, because yeah, Gremlins really kicked that all off. Yeah, Gremlins, and then uh, kicked off the uh, the whole small thing coming at yeah. you. But it's and all now. Now it's really hokey. It's like uh, you would only see that in B movies. I guess they're remaking Child's Play, but I well, mean, kids. Well, yes, like Gremlin esque stuff, stuff that's not a person. So like Gremlins and uh, what's what's that other one that scared you? The the cover, the cover, the box art oh, uh, ghoulies ghoulies yeah and 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 hobgoblins and all those critters all those by the way new critters just just has been made and released on Shutter enter HMT at checkout and check out the wacky we got to review this one because yeah. it's, it's crazy but uh <laughs> but so back to it like little kids though are always going to be a staple of horror right because. It just makes sense. There's so like if if you if you have a two year old and she walks into your room at night unannounced quietly, it's fucking alarming because there's this tiny little silhouette of a thing moving around in your house. You know, <laughs> it, it it clicks a lot of terrifying. You know, just checks all those boxes. Yeah. Um, the scene with with. Lewis fighting Gage or Zombie Gage is probably the worst in terms of special effects. Yeah, because it literally looks like not even a really good doll. 
Yeah, <laughs> that Lotus like is just sword. like throwing around, <laughs> shaking him like a yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to breathe life into this doll by shaking it. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of interesting. the The director said that they really went to great lengths to not traumatize this kid. That any scene with blood or cutting or anything that he wasn't on set they just like would intercut him into it i think the only thing that was remotely um scary would be he was he was there when he get gets injected in mm. the neck and man that little kid did a really great job he i gotta re- say he really did especially considering how old he was he's yeah. so he's tiny he was like just barely over two years old and he's a tiny, tiny kid. Yeah, too. Just so a, he looks he looks like an eighteen month old. Just a little tot. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, no, he the way they did it. Yeah, the whole way through, you're kind of going, Jesus Christ! I hope they didn't traumatize this kid like yeah. very badly. Yeah, but also you can see the spots where they don't. You know where the yeah. the effort is being made not to because there's a decent amount of kind of jump cutting yeah uh what you know or like showing a hand yeah like a little tiny hand a little a tiny hand with a scalpel instead of gauge with a scalpel exactly like enacting the the violence yeah you know you'll see gauge with the scalpel but the violence is done by a, a, a sh- is done with a shot of a hand with yeah. a, a tiny hand with a scalpel so that kind of stuff kind of makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that this kid is not heavily traumatized yeah. I gotta say, like that, those scalpel scenes were pretty effective in oh, terms yeah. of like gore, like him cutting up um, Judd. Judd was like whew, carving him, carving his like Achilles tendon. Yeah, really like, gets oof. in there too, and like his face and yeah, ugh, ugh. yeah, yeah. and if, if, yeah, if, if, well, and that's the thing that's scary about child's play and on all these these things, right? Because if you're if you're if your legs dead, if you, if if you if they get your and they always do yeah. like in Child's Play and Pet Cemetery and all these movies, it's like let's go for the Achilles and you'd be out for out for the count. Yeah, maybe for life. <laughs> so yeah, the the other the other part of it is Lewis killing his kid a second time, Oof. like and being. You know, doing it by his own hand, even though it's a zombie kid, you could still see that that was like painful. Yeah, I can't imagine how how bad that would be. Just be like, I gotta say goodbye again. You know? Yeah, it's like a mercy thing, which is not easy. But you just have to kind of, you know, like uh, I I don't. When I when I mean that is a really interesting like um, parallel to this movie of. Just life support, having a having a family member on life support, and you know they're never coming back. Like, like how do people deal with death? And the the answer is not well. Right. <laughs> it, it takes a. I'm always. I'm all. I am impressed by people who are able to hunt, um, just because it's that's an impressive ability to to be able to separate yourself even from killing an animal. You know, like. Like, I remember as a kid, you know, we had acreage and I would mow the field, you know, and, uh, and I'd run, you, you know, you just run over little field mice and then they'd be kind of like, you know, 
in the throes of death and as a kid, you know, walking up to him and being like, I have, I have to kill this thing to, cause that's, that's the right thing to do. I, yeah. I, I heard it and, you know, stepping on him or whatever. And, but that's very difficult to do. It's yeah. not, it's, it yeah, takes a still, piece, yeah, it takes a little feel. piece of you. Yeah. And so being able to divorce yourself from that is impressive to me. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, like how other cultures that are closer to nature right. are better with death or more respectful about it. Much more. So, for example, the Indians, like Indian burial grounds, there's a lot of, you know, symbolism around that of just showing there's more respect for life and the circle of life, right. you know, um, to where they're not trying to, you know, a lot of, a lot of Native American rituals are just leaving the body out and letting nature consume it. Yeah. There's, you know? and, or just kind of returning it to the earth as opposed to you know, Western cultures that are, let's preserve this to make it look like it's alive for as long as possible. Right. Because we don't want to admit that this person's gone. Right. And, uh, and then just in general, just, yeah, consuming meat, like uh, having, being a hunter and being, having an intimate relationship with the thing that you're killing and eating yeah, is a lot more. Um, meaningful than just picking up a pound of beef from the supermarket. Yeah, and it's much different than trophy hunting, right? It's right. not. It's not joyous. To right. it's not joyous in a hooray! I I I killed this thing. It's not. It's the 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 joy doesn't is not surrounding. You know, getting. You know, acquiring. Yeah. It's it's surrounding. You know, thank you for giving your life so right. that to, to sustain my life, right. you know, and, and paying respect. Yeah. Yeah, it's a life and death is fertile ground to explore. So final recommendations, who would you suggest would like Pet Cemetery? If you're a horror fan, you really just need this in your you really need this in your repertoire. You know, you need to have have seen this to be able to discuss it. And yeah. It's important. Yeah. And especially if you're a parent. Yeah. Like, if you're a parent with a young family, this movie is horrifying. Yeah. It'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll hit those buttons for you. Yeah. All right. Go see it. See it before the the remake. The remake's coming out. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast on the day of release. Yeah. And uh, we'll be reviewing the remake next week. So tune in next Wednesday. Also, check out, we have a blog on uh, at HorrorMovieTalk.com. It's our latest blog, so just, um, and it's and it's Keith comparing, you know, whether or not the, the, the Pet Cemetery needed to be remade basically yeah. is the question he asks and 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 tries to answer in this blog and it is a big long blog that really delves deep into that and the idea of remakes itself yeah. and when when it's necessary and when it's not. In fact, don't go to our website directly if you search Pet Cemetery original versus remake. versus remake it should come up on the first page. Yeah, number one. Click click through to Horror Movie Talk and read that article. It is really good. And it's he wrote it 
mostly just based on the the trailer. Um, he's going to update it after he sees the new movie. But I hope so. Yeah, most of it, you know, reading over it, like it's more of like you said, just an argument about whether this needs to be remade or not, and were the changes that you could see in the trailer worth it? Yeah, and he's really fair about it, and and the, and this is this is an interesting like the. I, in my opinion, it really doesn't need to be remade. I, I get why they would. You know, this there this is going to be one of the biggest horror releases of 2019, is my guess. Uh, but just because Pet Cemetery, I mean, it's legend. It's a legendary horror movie. But I can't. I just can't see what they're what spin they're going to put on it. That's going to make it. That's going to add anything. All right. So let's move on to our game. The Rotten Tomatoes game. Rotten. (laughs) Rotten. (laughs) We got to record that in earnest. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes game is where I list off a couple movies and David has to guess which one has the higher... Tomato score. Tato meter score. On the Tato meter score. I'm ready. This is I'm a ready. themed I'm edition ready. of all the Stephen King animal related movies. Wow. You were able to compile with other animal related, non horror animal related movies. Okay. All right. But yeah, there's just barely enough like actual Stephen King adaptations that. It works. Okay. Okay, first, <laughs> Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, this is a TV movie, versus Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. <laughs> is that the... Homeward That's, Bound, The Incredible Journey is the one that we saw as kids. Yeah. The one that was released... Like 90. In the 1990. 92 or something. And Michael J. Like Fox yeah. voicing one of the pups. Yeah. Boy, that was a great movie. Well, <laughs> it's so hard to say. It's like so... I, all of these movies that I picked are like my childhood movies, and I all th- I thought they were all great. <laughs> wow, you're casting aspersions on Homeward Bound now. I feel like I I saw that movie so many times. Like that uh-huh. was just it got worn out in the VHS player. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I really can't see. I really can't see a made for TV. <laughs> Stephen King what? beating Homeward Bound, like one of my childhood favorites. So I'm going Homeward Bound on this one. Yeah, this one's the easiest one. Sleeping Sleepwalkers was 20%. Oof. And Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey was 87%. Dang. So was what, really good. what was Sleepwalkers Sleepwalkers, Sleepwalkers was the one that I thought was Pet Cemetery. Like, oh. that's the one I remember seeing. And it's got like... It involves cats and, like, a weird alien zombie virus that turns people into cat monsters or something. here we go. That's the Stephen King I know. Not this pet cemetery totally makes sense. Pretty good. But I remember, like, when seeing stuff about pet cemetery, it'd always show that cat. And I'd be like, I remember seeing a really shitty Stephen King cat movie. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't understand why people are talking so fondly about this pet cemetery because i remember it being a real piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know pet cemetery really falls into that nostalgia zone with twin peaks 
and um, uh, boy, just oh, and uh, misery, you know, like just good kind of interesting spot in history. Okay, next up, <clears throat> Cujo versus Benji the Hunted. Wow, Benji the Hunted. That's also in the like eighties. Uh huh. So, and Cujo, I've never seen. Never seen Cujo. Yeah. Benji the Hunted was probably my favorite movie when I was like a toddler. Aww. Yeah. Benji. Yeah, Benji was great. Just watching a little scraggly dog run mm-hmm. around and do yeah. stuff. Look, the dog's doing stuff. Oh, he's walking down the street. I like to walk down the street. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is tough because I'm sure Benji the Hunted does not get the the reviewers coming back and looking at it. Nobody, nobody has reviewed Benji the Hunted <laughs> since since it came out. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's come out on Netflix. Yeah, really? Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's on Netflix. Okay. All right. So here we go. Benji the Hunted. I'm still going to go. I'm still, just because of the cult. I will say that they're close. I'm just going to say, just because of the cult aspect of Cujo, I'm going to go with Cujo. All right. You're correct. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Cujo is 60% and Benji the Hunted is 56%. Aw, poor Benji. Be nice to the little pup. Yeah. All right. Another really close one. Pet Cemetery mm-hmm. that we just reviewed versus Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks and a big ugly dog. Oh man, that's rough. I'm guessing that Pet Cemetery is sitting somewhere in the 70 to 80% zone. Probably like low 80s. And I'm going to guess that Turner and Hooch is sitting. That's tough. Because the audience score on Turner and Hooch is going to be high because people really like early Tom Hanks. Well, it's not the audience. No, I know. But. But, and that's what I'm trying to, because because I'm thinking public sentiment, but it's that's not what this is about. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pet Cemetery because I think it's just gotten more love over time. Dang it, you are wrong. Oh, Pet Cemetery was fifty percent. What? Yeah, it's not even fresh. Wow, it's just shocking wait. to me. This is a good movie. Fifty five zero five zero. Wow. And Turner and Hooch was fifty two percent. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, all right. Next, The Adventures of Milo and Otis. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that one. Versus Stephen King's Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye. This isn't about animals. It is. It's just called the Cat's Eye. It's got cats on it. What's his thing with cats? Cat's Eye. I guess, cat's Eye is like a... Have you seen it? Is a three... It's like it's kind of like Creepshow. It's got three short stories in it. I don't okay. know anything about it, but I saw it. had think, a cat on the cover, and it's called Cat's Eye, so I included it. I think we really need to get deeper into watching more Stephen King yeah. movies. Because I have... I, as... Almost as a rule, I avoid There's them. so many, though. There's no way we could do it all. I mean, that would be a podcast in itself. Thinner? There's like there's like 40 movies. Like, yeah. if you look on Wikipedia, it's, it goes on forever. 
Lawnmower Man was one. Whoa. Like, Lawnmower Man, well, the Lawnmower Man that we know was only based on the title, or like they only borrowed the title. It has huh. nothing to do with his story, but they still count it on Wikipedia. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, so this is Milo and Otis versus Cat's Eye. Uh-huh. Uh, Milo and Otis has to take it just based on the fact that it's awesome, and I've never <laughs> heard of Cat's Eye. <laughs> All right, you're right. Yay! The Adventures so of Milo and Otis is 80. Stephen King's Cat's Eye is 67. That's three out of four so far. Yeah. One last one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, yeah, okay. Babe <laughs> versus Pet Cemetery 2. Wow. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I, I Rack mean, your brain. I mean, I don't know. Wait, there's a Pet Cemetery 2? Yes, there is. <laughs> Directed by the same director. Wow, Mary yeah. Lambert? Yeah. Wow. I wonder what she did. Is it good? <laughs> Let's find out. I'm going to say this is not Pig in the City. No, it's the original, babe. What a great movie that was. Ba-ram you, Bryce. I've still never seen it. You've never seen Babe? Oh, my God. What have you been doing your whole life, <laughs> bro? Dude, no, you got kids. You need to show them Babe. Okay. It's the best. <laughs> it's He's a, such a cute little piggy. I bet somebody ate him after that. <laughs> I'm going to go Babe. It's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think Babe was nominated for like an Academy Award. Or yeah, something. Babe came in at ninety-seven percent. Wow! And Pet Cemetery Two came in at. Why don't you just guess what the score for Pet Cemetery Two? We go is? twenty-two. Twenty-five percent. Twenty-five. Really close. Wow. All right, so you dominated that game. Yeah, that was good. I did good. I, me good. I, good job. Only, me. I mean, I was trying to find enough Stephen King movies that. The ones that I found were really bad, so it wasn't that hard. To, mm. Should have just found really bad animal movies. Oh yeah, should have been. Yeah, the, you know, Babe won an Academy Award for cutest pig. Yeah, just for they just created that category that year, right? And you know, it was it wasn't hard because there's a lot of. A yeah, lot of ugly pigs. I was really surprised at how low Benji the Hunted and Turner and Hooch got. Is that really surprising though? Like, it, it just must be, like, I probably didn't have real good taste as a kid. No. <laughs> Say that ain't so. You're a movie reviewer. A horror movie <laughs> Look at you. You've come so far. From bad taste, liking Benji. Benji the Hunted was great. It was Benji, the cute dog, except he was hunted. Yeah. Scary. There's stakes now. Mm-hmm. They should remake that movie. Ooh. As a horror movie. <laughs> the real question, does that or they need should, to be Or remade? should make a sequel, Benji the Hunter. Ooh. Benji's Revenge. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. That's Reve- Re- Revenge. <laughs> Revenge. Revenge. The Hunter. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> Benji gets his revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening. Please share the podcast with a friend. 
Um, we've got convenient links on our website at horrormovietalk.com. Again, if you want to get a 30-day free trial to Shudder, there's lots of exclusive content on there. If you're a horror movie fan or even a horror TV fan, use HMT at checkout. Again, if you are just clamoring for ways to support the show, you can go on our website, horrormovietalk.com, and click on the Amazon uh, banner, Amazon, Amazon button in the banner, and uh, pretty much do any of your Amazon shopping, and we'll get a little taste of that. So thanks again, and join us next week when we review Pet Cemetery Night. Sorry, Pet <laughs> Cemetery 2019. Yeah, the remake. The remake. The remix. Bye bye. Bye.